welcome back to a new episode of Virtual Coffee. On this podcast, I interview innovative and accomplished early career professionals and small business owners. With me today is Amanda, who is the founder and owner of 1429. Amanda sells homemade baked goods and all purchases help meet immediate needs for women who are being trafficked in her community of Columbus, Ohio. 1429 has been operating since 2017 and works with charities across Columbus. I'm really excited to hear Amanda's story today, uh, but before we get into the episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also listen to Virtual Coffee on Podbean and Spotify, and you can find Virtual Coffee's social medias on Facebook and Instagram. We really appreciate your support. So with that, happy listening, and let's dive into Amanda's story. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, yeah. I am so excited to share about my business and answer all of your questions. Awesome. And I'm I'm really excited to hear your story and your journey. So with that, I'd love if you could tell me everything about your company, 1429. What's your company's mission? And just tell me everything about it. We are a social enterprise based in Columbus, Ohio. And that means that we work with survivors of human trafficking um, here in Columbus. And we are a for-profit bakery. Um, Right now, I work out of my home. So since I started, I have been baking here at my house and selling at farmers markets, lots of different events, and also doing like online sales through my website. So since I started, it's been about, let me see, about almost three years. I'm trying trying to remember. (laughs) Um, It's been almost three years. It started as an idea with the mission in mind. We wanted to, my husband and I, I kind of pitched the idea to him one night sitting in the driveway and I was really tired of the job that I was working at. I was working in social services and it was a very physical and emotionally taxing job. So I was very exhausted all the time and I was just feeling really burnt out. So I wanted a way out of that Mm -hmm. and I had always wanted to start my own business, but I'm not a crafty person. So I knew I wasn't going to go like design things and, or sew things or make Mm -hmm. things physically like for people's homes or anything like that. So I was like, what can I do? (laughs) Um, What am I good at? And so I landed on baking, something that I've done for as long as I can remember um, with my grandma's and mm-hmm. my mom and you know my whole family so we landed on that and then it sort of just took off from there slowly but surely <laughs> we <laughs> have moved at I would say a tortoise's pace I'm trying to learn what it all means to run a business mm-hmm. um, and have small children and have a household and keeping our mission at the forefront of my mind at all times so it's been a long journey to get to where I am today. And it started just as a small little part-time gig with, Mm -hmm. you know, one, one farmer's market once a month or twice a month. And it has really exploded since then. Right now we sell at 
farmer's markets in the summer. It's farmer's market season right now and online. And that's really the two avenues we can sell right now because of COVID-19 and all of the other kind of restrictions that have been put on businesses and restaurants um, in the food industry. So that is where we've landed for the past several months. And it has been a serious time of growth that I was not expecting at all. So I am really excited for what the next half of this year is going to look Mm -hmm. like. I mean, that's really where we are from 2017 to now. Awesome. Yeah, that's great that your business is is booming during this, you know, crazy time of the world. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah, that's great. And I love how, you know, you explained your personal connection to baking and how you started down that path. I'm curious, how did you, you know, choose to support those affected by human trafficking in your community over, you know, another charity or another cause? Do you have a personal connection to that? I don't have a personal connection in the sense of I've been affected by it Mm -hmm. personally, but in the sense that it has been a cause that I have worked around and in for many, many years. One of my very first college papers was about human trafficking. And Mm -hmm. so it was something that was always on my mind and I had wanted to go into social work. And that's what I studied in school. That's what I thought was was the end game, was um, Mm -hmm. doing social work and working, you know, for an organization that is helping survivors. And I think over any other cause that we could have chosen, it just empowering women and vulnerable women, that just means the world to me. Coming from a place of privilege where I when I did not have to worry about the types of things that these women have to worry about. I was very cared for and looked after. So to look at someone who does not have the same experience as me um, and what the world lays blame on them for their actions. Um, the world lays blame on them for their addictions. Um, mm-hmm. And personally, I, I can ever lay blame on someone who does not have that kind of family structure that I did mm-hmm. or does not have that kind of support that I personally did. So being able to uplift women, especially in a society that pushes women and casts us to the side already. And then you're, then you are in a marginalized community where people don't understand trafficking. People don't take the time to understand addiction and how homelessness, how it all is one big revolving door. And then you are further pushed and cast to the side. And so being able to support these organizations that are on the front lines and then stepping in and putting myself on the front lines as well has been an amazing experience. And I see the growth from a lot of the women from coming and getting clean and going through Mm -hmm. programs where they're able to secure homes and jobs and lives for their kids they had never expected. And it's just like, why aren't we giving more people these chances? So to be able to work with people who are also working to give these 
girls and women those second or third or fourth chances at life it is just really wonderful to see and being able to give them the voices that they've always had but never been able to you know share that Uh, that means so much to me and that's really why I chose to work in this particular cause and for these particular women yeah, that's such an incredible mission, such a powerful mission. And it's great you're able to see the difference you are making in your community. Now, for those you know listening who might want to make a purchase from you, I'd love if you could explain the process of how their purchase does support these women. Is it you're making the donation to these charities or or what is your relationship with the, the charities in your community? Yeah, of course. The relationships have grown and changed um, since I first started and how we have went about being a financial supporter of the nonprofits that we work with has changed and grown. Mm -hmm. And as of this year, and definitely as since the last four or five months has been a tremendous time of growth, um, it's been also a tremendous time of being able to donate more money. Mm -hmm. So when someone makes a purchase at the farmer's market or online, a portion of all those sales, about 10 to 15% every month is donated directly to the nonprofits that we work with. And on top of that, I also volunteer my time and we use the business's money to help make meals and pass out meals to women who are currently being trafficked or who are living on the street here in Columbus. It's kind of a multifaceted approach and it could change and grow and look different in the future as well. So -hmm. that's where we are as of now, when you make that purchase, um, a portion of that is going to directly to those nonprofits. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you ship all across the United States? I do. Okay. We awesome. we are working out some some different issues that we've had recently, but we still do and hopefully going to kind of continue to perfect that process as things grow and we learn more about how to be better at it. So Great. Yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely have to make a purchase after this. I've followed your Instagram and everything just looks so delicious. <laughs> so oh, thank you. I'm I'm very excited to dive into your website after this. <laughs> Yeah. Of course. Now, I want to dive into the logistics of owning a business a little bit more. And I'm curious yeah. if you've had any previous experience with owning a business and, you know, what's your biggest piece of advice for someone who has an idea and wants to start their own business, but might not know the first step to take or the first several steps to take? That is a great question. And I will say I had no experience owning a business. I had zero experience. I didn't study business in school. Um, I didn't know the first thing besides I need to make sales. Mm -hmm. Like I, I need to figure out how I get my product into the customer's hands and what that would look like. So when I first started, it was mostly me furiously Googling things and furiously learning like all of the laws in Ohio of what I am allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do. And then when I first started my Instagram page back in 2017, I started following every single dessert business in Columbus that I could Mm -hmm. find. 
I was like, let me see what everyone else is doing. Not to copy off of people, but to find out, you know, and talk to people and message them, and, you know, kind of be like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm really curious of how you have started your business or mm-hmm. how you do X, Y, and Z because it can be really overwhelming. And I learned that very quickly mm-hmm. uh, that there is a lot of, especially with food, I can't speak for other business types, um, but especially with food and every state is different. It can be very overwhelming how many laws and regulations and licenses that you need. And I found that to be the most frustrating part of the process because I just wanted to make sure I was doing everything correctly. Um, I didn't want to uh, get in any trouble in any way. I wanted to make sure everything was, was good. So I have just been completely self-taught with the business portion and baking as well. I don't have any professional baking licensing or degree or anything. I've taught myself everything up until this point. And also YouTube. <laughs> I was always thought there's no way I can learn anything on YouTube. But then I started YouTubing like and searching things about marketing, things about making sales, about building your own website building your own logo. And little did I know that I would learn so much from that. And that helped me a lot not feel so alone and like, okay, there's other people out here who are also trying to figure this out uh, by themselves. I think if I would have found a mentor at that time, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, as advice for someone who might be looking to start their own business, finding someone who's in the same line of business as you and talking to them and asking them all of the questions. Um, I didn't find someone like that until last year when she invited me to start making brownies um, and selling them in her bakery. And it was the first time that I'd really sat down with someone who was doing what I aspired to do. And she told me, don't do this unless you really, really can do this Mm -hmm. it's not it's very hard it's there's a lot of people relying on you food businesses are very hard to I mean a lot of people know that they're very hard to keep get off the ground and keep off the ground Mm -hmm. so it's a very um it can be very difficult and she really kind of was she was very honest with me about where my expectation should be for the future and there was a part of me that was thinking oh I man, I wish we would have talked a year and a half ago when I first started. And then I would have had a better idea of what to expect and also how to go about things in general, how to sell better, how to approach businesses. I wanted to sell my product better. So if you're looking to start a business, finding those people that are already doing it and are doing it really well, those are the people you want to talk to because a lot of times she was just like you know text me whenever you have a question Mm -hmm. or whatnot it was a very informal relationship and it was you know an exchange of ideas that was free and there wasn't any expectation from either party of of anything besides just giving free advice and being understanding and listening to concerns that I had for my business so that really was that was really good for me 
and otherwise I have watched other people and listened to other people I've taken advantage of some free classes through Ohio State University that focus on agriculture and food businesses who sell at farmers markets and things like that which is what I do so it made sense to take advantage of those free courses for myself and I know that Ohio State can't be the only school I know across the country that does things like that right so being able to find those places where you can do things for free or really low cost I think would be ideal especially if you don't have experience with anything like I did I do envy sometimes people who are like yeah I went to business school and now I own this bakery and I'm like oh so you knew what you were doing when you started <laughs> like I, I just right. you know I, oh you knew you you had a little bit of an idea what you were getting yourself into mm-hmm. uh, me on the other hand did not but it has proven that sometimes being naive about things might be a little bit better mm-hmm. um <laughs> right because there's, there's no there's no you know when things started going bad or you know I I got I didn't get something that I wanted Um, that I had worked for it just kept me on my toes to keep moving forward and trying and pushing and trying and pushing and doing new things Mm -hmm. so you know that optimism has helped me a lot and I don't see things in numbers per se you know um, I don't see things of course those are important but at the same time I see the human part of my business and the human Mm -hmm. connection and that's what has propelled me forward so if you have something like that that you're trying to do with a social mission that's where my mind is always at how can I improve those women's lives how do I make more sales how do I project finances for the future so that at the end of the day it's making the biggest impact as possible and that helps me continue on in days where it's really hard to continue on and if you don't have kids and you want to start a business do that um, (laughs) because I have two kids and it's like it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is take care of them and run a business out of my home and have all of those obligations as well and it's very rewarding and they start to see they're understanding what's happening and my four-year-old, you know, talks about going to the market and collecting people's money, things <laughs> like that. So, like, it is, it's really cool to see them pick those things up, but it is really hard. So, I have had to realize that someone who is the same age as me, who may be single and starting a business, their opportunities, their hours of work are going to look different mm-hmm. than mine. And so, that's definitely something I try to keep in mind and tell others as well we have to check our expectations like I keep saying like you just I have to because I can't work 14 hours a day Mm -hmm. straight I I have two little people asking me for snacks 100 times a day (laughs) so I have to like I have to lower my expectations about how much work I'm going to get done in one day um, because you know we all have to sleep and eat and take care of ourselves one of my good friends here in Columbus she is a blogger and she was the first person I reached out to when the business started and she wrote an article for her blog about what I was doing 
And ever since then, she's always told me slow and steady wins Mm -hmm. the race. And I have taken that to heart (laughs) and like really had to lean into that. Um, When you have little kids, you can't, I can't propel myself as fast as I would want to. I can't keep pushing so hard as much as I would want to because they are my first priority. Mm -hmm. And so that changes things sometimes, you know, when you're looking to start a business. So really where I've landed now is just pure craziness and chaos most of the time. Completely honest with anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, It is just insanity. But I think I've just learned to deal with it. And when there's a lot of people relying on me to provide them with what they ordered, and I will not compromise the quality on that. I won't change the ingredients. I won't try to find a quick fix. Like it is Mm -hmm. what it is and we have to get it done. So I do whatever I need to do to get that done. And like I said before the very beginning, I have a very supportive family. Mm -hmm. So we are very lucky in that way that the kids can go to grandma's or wherever. Well, if I have to work, really, really have to like dig in and work. So I am very grateful for that. But yeah, when we were talking about like the advice and stuff, I mean, that's really where I've kind of landed at as of two and a half years in business Mm -hmm. um, and two small kids. That's really things are where they are now and it continues Mm -hmm. to grow and we are very much looking forward to some exciting things in the next two months or so I'm hoping which would allow even more growth and I'm really looking forward to that yeah I appreciate you you sharing your story and your advice you bring up several pieces of great advice a few being (laughs) you know, make sure to leverage the free resources around you, Google, YouTube, you don't necessarily have to pay for, you know, classes or Mm -hmm. other resources and and learnings. I also loved how you started following dessert businesses in Ohio, you know, really networking and building that community, because I wonder if, if others feel that starting a business can be very lonely, um, which I sure I'm sure it can at times, but it doesn't, necessarily have to be right not everyone has to be a competitor or an enemy you can leverage those those folks and create a community to support you I think that's a a great piece of advice and something else you mentioned of always going back to your mission and having that human connection with almost every business decision you make I think is so important and and very very valid so amazing pieces of advice and and such an incredible story Now, you mentioned there at the end, you know, things coming with 1429. I'm curious what your future goals are with the business and and where you want to take it. Well, right now I am in this business accelerator program here in Columbus for businesses like mine who have uh, social missions. And that looks a lot different across the board. So they do not just work with survivors of human trafficking or even in the realm of like, of donating money to nonprofit organizations. They have a lot of other cool things going on. And there's about 12 of us in this program. And so we are working on all kinds of 
new ideas mm-hmm. and new ways to grow the business and really scale the business. And some of my, I think even now, only like two weeks into this program, I think not even that, maybe one week that we've been doing it, some of my goals and stuff are sort of shifting. I can see and feel that we are moving in a different direction than I had anticipated, which is okay. And I am excited for those things as there are some other businesses here in Columbus who support survivors by employing them and giving them jobs. So that is one of the main things that when I first started, I don't talk about it too much anymore because we haven't had the opportunity to, to do that per se in a way that I think is, um, you know, I work out of my home. So when people contact me from local agencies and say like, you know, are you looking to hire anyone? I typically have to say no, because I, or I, you know, uh, just a few months ago, yes, but I'm also working out of my home, so right. it's not a typical environment. So it's not conducive to hiring someone with maybe some barriers to um, traditional employment. So ideally, we would be moving out of the house into a commercial kitchen, and we would be able to grow enough that bringing some women with those those barriers to employment onto the team and I've seen it in other businesses that I look up to so much in this community and I feel that employment is one of the biggest barriers to women achieving their goals and coming out of addiction and the cycle of homelessness and crime And all of the things that you, you know, that really keep people in that sort of circle of life and that giving them a job that is an enjoyable job, that is a job that pays a living wage and supports them and their children. That's the ultimate goal. And by being able to employ women, you're able to cut off the supply and demand chain that comes with sex trafficking. So you're able to, when there's no supply, you're starting to diminish the demand, which is, might sound, now that I say it out loud, I have it in my brain, but now that I say it out loud, <laughs> it might not make exact sense um, because some, you know, not everyone is in the circle of this human trafficking kind of community of mm-hmm. people who are working with these survivors. But the idea is to work with these, not only the women, but the men who are buying sex in that they are, they are prosecuted and also that they are understood, that they are part of the piece of this puzzle. Um, No one would be selling their body if there was no one to purchase their body. Mm -hmm. So stopping for a moment to think about, you know, if someone is in that position where they are addicted and they are doing whatever they possibly can to survive. And that is what they are doing for, you know, to, to make money or to survive 
and be able to buy drugs. Like that's what they're doing to keep living. And being able to cut that relationship and sever that relationship by giving them the opportunity to make enough money. They don't have to live around those same people anymore, or they don't, they may be uplifted to then go back and help their friends who are in the position they were in just two years ago or whatever that might look like. So being able to take that supply and demand chain and kind of flip it on its head and sever those ties between the women and the people who are purchasing them would make an enormous difference. That's the ultimate goal for me. And I don't know exactly, you know, how much will grow or how much I feel comfortable, you know, taking charge of in the future. But that is where I started with that idea. And it's changed and molded into what we do now because I wasn't in the position to do that. Mm -hmm. But as we continue to grow and I see things on the horizon, that vision is coming back that that would be something that we would be able to do and advocate for these women in that different way in the future. And I, I really hope that we are able to do that. Yeah, I think that that all mm-hmm. definitely makes sense. And yeah, I yeah. wish you, of course, the best of luck in, in those <laughs> opportunities. I think, Thank you. you know, hopefully you are able to see that original vision through with hiring these women and supporting them in that way as well. I think just, again, such an incredible mission. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, where you're able to to take the company. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so switching topics a little bit here, yeah. you know, being, being a business owner and having a family, I can imagine that the work never stops. You got into this a little bit before, and I'm curious what your top three best practices for balancing work and life are, you know, what has really helped you find that balance or, or try to find that balance? I would put emphasis on the word try. Um, (laughs) Just putting that out there. I would say at this moment, I have not perfected it, but I have gotten a lot better. I am a very anxious person. I have anxiety. I have had anxiety since I was a young child. So having that already anxious kind of personality and I get frustrated very easily when I'm not accomplishing as much as I had set out to accomplish, you know, from day to day and then in general. But, you know, when we're talking about this work-life balance, we're thinking Mm -hmm. of the everyday, day in and day out, it can be really overwhelming. And what I found is that asking for help is my number one piece of advice. If you have people around you who are willing to come and help you, don't think you're being a burden. Ask them for help. I used to think nobody wants to help me. Like, this is my business. I need to do this on my own. I need to prove to everyone that I'm being successful and I'm going at this by myself. And I quickly learned that that was a terrible attitude to have. (laughs) And I ever since having my youngest son, he is uh, a year and a half old now. So he was born really in the middle of Mm. my, of all of the, all of the growing and changing things with the business. After I had him, it was just 
I was like, I have to ask for help. There's no way around it because either I don't, I don't sleep ever or I, you know, I get some help and I can accomplish the things I need to accomplish. And I think there are so many people who have different strengths than myself. So being able to ask them to help package brownies and label brownies or asking them to go to the market and set up at the market for me so I can do whatever else I had to do that day. Um, That is a huge thing. And I think in our society, we are just in our culture as Americans, like we are not very good at asking other people for help. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I would have learned that at the very beginning, but you know, sometimes (laughs) lessons are just harder to learn. We have Mm -hmm. to go through it ourselves and come out on the other side. So my first number one piece of advice is asking for help. And number two for like work-life balance is those where the word expectations is going to come in. Again, having the right expectations for what you can manage and you can't. And being able to delegate that to the people who are helping you. Being able to understand what your goals are for the day. (laughs) And is it realistic to accomplish all of these goals this day? You know, what? what is the whole day going to look like and with two young kids it can be I think the day is going to look like this and by (laughs) six o'clock it does not look like that at all and I didn't get anything done but in where you know the place I used to go to is like wow I'm really failing at this I'm I'm not doing a good job Mm -hmm. why why couldn't I have gotten all my work done and now it's like okay well the four-year-olds needed this and the one-year-old needed this all day long and It's not a moral failure on my part that the work did not get done today and adjusting as needed. I also would say being open with customers has been something that has felt really weird, but also really freeing. If I email a group of customers that I said I would have an order out on Monday morning at 8 a.m., And there is no way that that order is going to be able to go out on Monday at 8 a.m. I will email everyone and say, due to X, Y, Z, your order is, I am so sorry, your order is not going to be ready. Is there something that I can do? Is it okay if we do Monday at 5 p.m. or Mm -hmm. Tuesday at 8 a.m.? That would be very helpful. Is this something you're open to? And most people are very receptive to that. I have never gotten, you know, an angry email back to me like, how dare you be running late or how dare you be doing this or that? You know, everyone is very open and kind um, and know I'm very open on my social media about being the only person who does this and having two little kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of already sharing that that people are like, oh yeah, okay, we understand. <laughs> so, you know, be, being that third, I would say that third piece of advice, just like being open with the people who are who are your customers and being ready for maybe disappointing some people every once in a while because you're not, if you're not managing that work-life balance well, then some people may be disappointed and you have to, pick up your bootstraps and keep on going (laughs) and you know it's sometimes that's what happens and that's okay I think 
overall, um, all of those three pieces is just being really open with yourself, with your customers, and managing your expectations um, of what you can accomplish each day. Well, I guess I'll add a fourth piece because I just thought about this. I used to like literally only sleep like three hours a night so I could stay up and do my work. And also I had a newborn baby. So like he was up all night anyway. So I Mm -hmm. used to not think it was that big of a deal. Uh, And then I was like breaking down every few days, Mm -hmm. like just exhausted and crying and like, I can't get any of these brownies done. Like everything is going to fall apart. And I realized, Hey, you know, sleep is a necessity. Mm -hmm. So learning to balance rest and work and life and rest and work I think is essential part of being successful because there are some nights where I will it's 11 o'clock and my brain is completely fried and I'm like I could stay up you know until 2 a.m and finish all of this but I feel miserable and I'm going to start crying if I have to do any more work because I'm so tired. And so I will just say, okay, you know what? We're going to bed and I am setting my alarm. Uh, my children wake up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. every morning anyway. So there'll be my alarm and like, we'll just get up and we'll accomplish what we need to for the day. And that has made an enormous difference on how I, how much I can get done. Because if you think about it, when you're exhausted, you're not very productive (laughs) anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, and you're short, you know, you're, you're short circuited almost like you're just on edge and it doesn't, it doesn't not feel good. And being a baker, I'm on my feet all day long and it's a very physical job. So it's, it's not so much as I can rest and kind of work on social media or whatever. It's, it's very much, I need to be in the kitchen doing those things. So if I'm completely exhausted, there's just no way that anything is going to get accomplished Mm -hmm. any more than if I, you know, if I would, I could have just went to sleep and felt better about the whole day. So that like self care piece is so important too. And I just wanted to add that in. Um, because I think we have this mentality and I did for a long time that you have to keep, you have to keep hustling and you have to push as hard as physically possible. And while at some points in your business and in my business, that has been true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to stay up. There's not an option. I have to do this and get this done. And, but when it's not, it's not that pertinent. It's not that important where you can rest and you can take a day off. Uh, I think we all need to be able to do that and find that spot within ourselves that we're like, Hey, I'm important too. And I need to rest and take care of myself and eat something and just be mindful of how I'm feeling and take that into consideration when we're going throughout the day as well. So yeah. I added one on, but that would be really (laughs) the overarching theme, you know, the overarching um, for how I accomplish things and Mm -hmm. what my advice would be. Yeah, again, great pieces of advice. And I can really relate to all of these as well, because I'm also a, you know, quite anxious person. I also get very frustrated when I haven't accomplished everything I said I would. And especially Mm -hmm. that, that piece you touched upon at the end of, 
you know, I, I often feel if I, if there's a problem that I need to solve, whether at work or in life, I want to solve it now. And sometimes that's not mm-hmm. possible. Like you're saying, sometimes it's better to sleep and figure it out the next day or when you have time. Um, and just yes. understanding that is, is so important, but that can be so hard to do. Yeah. I, I yes, definitely yes, it can. really relate to that, <laughs> but <laughs> definitely great pieces of advice that I need to take myself. So I appreciate you sharing those. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Now, my last question here for you, Amanda, is what is your proudest accomplishment? Now, this can be related to your business, related to 1429 or not at all. It can be from 10 years ago or from an hour ago. What What is your proudest accomplishment right now? I think at the end of the day, I'd probably say my kids. <laughs> not like as a cliche, like <laughs> kids, I'm so proud of them. But really, we, um, I have stayed home with them and done and done this business and we've just been like a little three little trio here mm-hmm. every day <laughs> they are so resilient okay they um <laughs> as you can probably hear now but they go with me like on deliveries they used to come to the markets with me last you know last summer they came to a lot of markets with me and just like listening and learning mm-hmm. from them like even as small children of how much they just care about other people it's like it really helps keep my my spirits up mm-hmm. and I think it is just so important like as little people to like keep teaching them about entrepreneurship and just taking care of our fellow human beings and so being able to watch them grow and watch me do this business and then they are kind of right there always telling people about brownies always like (laughs) wherever we are you know like hey we we my mommy has brownies at home you know we're going to the market to sell brownies like it just is it just makes me feel so good and (laughs) um so yeah that would definitely they are my proudest accomplishment (laughs) that's awesome and it seems like they want to be on the podcast too (laughs) yes I think they would I think my four-year-old would absolutely love that he would talk to you for only three hours that's amazing things (laughs) that's incredible well I you know like I said before can't wait to see where where 1429 ends up and congratulations on all the success you've had so far with it. Again, an incredible business, incredible mission. So thank you so much, Amanda, for, for speaking with me today. As we, you know, come to a close here, where can people find you and 1429? Um, You know, are there any social medias or websites you want to shout out here? Yeah. For my social media, we are on Instagram at 1429 CBUS for Columbus and on Facebook we are under 1429 and all the words are spelled out um, not the numbers and you can find all of my contact information on either of those places and also we have a website 1429.org and that is where my online store is and also has all of my contact information and my email. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Again, thank you for speaking with me today. It was awesome to hear your story and your journey. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great, a great first uh, podcast experience. So I really appreciate it.